0: Of the Fort Worth Music Academy podcast. I'm your host, Eric Barassa, and I'm so excited to have our guest today. We've got Nikki Belshi, owner of Heart and Harmony Music Therapy, and we are knee deep in the COVID 19 crisis. So rest assured, we are definitely going to talk a little bit about about that. But to get us started, Nikki, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your company and kind of what you guys do?
1: Sure. So I'm a board-certified music therapist. We have a national certification exam that we take. um, And in Texas, we don't yet have licensure, but there are, I believe, about 8,000 of us in the United States. So we use music as the tool or the medium, whatever terminology you want to use, um, to achieve other results. So our end goal isn't for somebody to be a a wonderful guitar player or a wonderful piano player, but we might use music to help somebody, um, obtain, you know, new speech sounds or to improve their enunciation. Um, we, we work on the five human domain areas. So that's, social skills, emotional, cognitive, physical, and communication. Most of the time, music therapists are, are using these individualized goals to work on um, non-musical goal areas. Um, my practice in particular, we have nine board-certified music therapists on staff, and we do home health visits. So we actually are going into people's homes a lot of times people with mental health diagnoses or, um, people with IDD.
0: Okay. So do you have like a, um, is there a, a a niche that you guys fit into for music therapy? Like, um, I mean, I guess you kind of mentioned it, but there, is there something specific you guys tend to focus on that other music therapy companies do not?
1: Um, in the state of Texas, we kind of are, are one of the, the few that have a team um, because there are some Medicaid waivers that fund music therapy. And so there are a lot of solo music therapists, you know, contract workers. Um, and while we do the same work and fill those same contracts, we try to really focus on community for both our employees and for our clients. So we host a lot of um, social events when we can. We have concerts. Um, we have parties, and we invite the clients so that they can get to know one another and they can build their own community. So that's been a neat thing to see over the years. Um, but they're a music really- therapist, yeah, we have a lot of fun. Um, you know, we ended up going that route and focusing on expanding and adding employees because we Well, me and my late husband, we were music therapists doing the solo traveling and just feeling really isolated. And we knew that a lot of our colleagues in the area were also isolated. And we were like, how can we solve this problem? And that's when Heart and Harmony decided to hire employees and start an internship and really uh, focus on building community.
0: Gosh that's that's crazy. I can totally relate to that cuz just thinking back to when I was a school teacher, it was yeah. easy because you could go into the uh you could go into the uh the teachers lounge and vent <laughs> frustrations yep. or or celebrate wins and uh usually it was people venting frustrations but but we uh were able to connect um in that way and then as soon as I became a solo teacher and I was on my own Boy, I have never felt isolation like that. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe other than than now, but
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: so, so that's really cool that you've you've managed to kind of work that to out to where now. How do you attract um, music therapists, independent music therapists, to to say like, hey, listen, coming to work with us and being a part of our team, you may prefer this to being an independent, um, therapist, what, what would be the appeal for them? Um, other than the isolation or is that the primary appeal?
1: That's a big part of it, but also, um, something that is not really discussed in when you're going through school as a music therapist or probably music ed as well. Um, you don't really know that taxes are terrible when you are an independent contractor. So, being in that position myself, I really wanted to be an employee of my own company so that I could not pay self-employment taxes. Um, and when we started to look at that and realized that our contracted therapist wanted to be part of a team, we were like, well, you know what, we can fix this. We can provide them with employment, um, you know, take care of taxes so that they don't have to deal with it in the same way, offer benefits. Um, and then the whole Community aspect has been really big. We we haven't really had to sell it on people. Um, when we told the contractors that we had that we were switching over to employees, they were very thrilled. Um, oh yeah, and yeah, we pretty regularly have new um, therapists reach out to us wanting to know if we're hiring and if we have a position, uh, which is really flattering, and that lets me know that we're we're doing a good thing.
0: Good for you. Yeah, yeah. that's so cool. And how long has your uh, company been in operation?
1: Oh Well, I was doing contract work starting in 2009. Um, That's the year that I finished my internship because to be a music therapist, you also have to do, you have to do a four-year degree or you can do a master's equivalency, a six-month internship, which is a full-time, 12-hour internship, then the board exam. Um, So I finished that in 2009, started doing contract work and I did it kind of here and there solo until I think 2012 is when we officially named ourselves Heart and Harmony and started our internship program. So
0: yeah. Wow. Wow. That's, that's cool. Well, it, it really, I think takes a a special person to do something like that and be willing to um, lead other people because it's, at least I think it's a lot harder than just kind of doing it on, on your own. So that's Kudos to you with that. Um, and then I wanted to to ask you what, what has been f- for you now, do you do music therapy at all anymore? Or are you now in more of the administrative role? Uh,
1: no, I do music therapy. I love it too much to not do it at all.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I can relate to that. Like the, the responsible thing I should do for my business is um, not teach anymore, yep <laughs> um, but it's like i I, I kind of can't seem to let it go
1: <laughs> same yeah yeah um when i I have a seven year old and a four year old so both of those maternity leave periods that you know actually, and I was a contractor for maternity leave, so i 'm calling it maternity leave, but it was not a paid maternity leave, um but both of those periods where I was not working. I was pretty heartbroken. So that kind of helped me to figure out, you know, becoming a mother, um, how to cut down my caseload because I literally had to, it was necessity, but now rather than having a full caseload of 18 to 20 clients, I only see, I think 10 client hours a week.
0: Yeah, that's great. So you get to still do what you love, mm-hmm. but um, it, it still gives you the time to take care of the other things in the business that need to be taken care of. Yeah. yeah. And of course be, be a mom. Um, what has been, what, can you think of like an example of, uh, I'm sure you've had lots of rewarding experiences, but can you think of one that comes to mind that just makes you think, wow, this is really worth it. And um I, I don't know. Do you have a, a, a moment? Oh, I
1: have so many of those, honestly. Um, there is a girl with um, traumatic brain injury. She's a, she's a woman, actually. She's in her 20s now. Um, we have seen her since 2010 or 2011, so quite a while. And when I first started doing music therapy with her, she was a teenager as a lot of teenagers are a little guarded and a little closed off. Um, she wasn't one to just offer conversation. Um, I kind of had to, had to pry, but she was really interested in playing guitar and she knew a couple of chords. Her rhythm was a little bit off. Um, you know, she just was putting it all together and learning. So when I started with her, I took over from another therapist who had moved and, um, We, in addition to teaching her guitar, we also started playing around a little bit on piano because she understood a lot about music theory. She was also in choir at her high school. So she was like, oh yeah, I know Solfege. Oh yeah, I can sing this. Um, And so over the years, we have written songs together. She will do what we call a lyric analysis where we'll um, pull up the words or the lyrics to a a song that has some sort of emotional or social concept. And um, she'll get a highlighter and we'll like go through and talk about it. And I'll say like, Oh, well, how does this relate to your life? And she is just a star at it. Her her conversation skills have really grown. Um, she's gone off to college and has now begun playing ukulele in addition to piano and guitar. And she can play bar chords. She can do all of these things that when I first started with her, I was not sure, you know, what what her skill level would be. Her her motor skills had a little bit of, of trouble like coordinating to get the chords going, but the more that she did it, the more her body entrained to it, and her um, her skills across all of the domains have really grown. You know, and part of that is her maturing, but it's really cool to see how she really connects with the music. So one of her um, goals is for her to explore her own leisure skills, and so she has a practice log, and that's like part of part of therapy for her is to to practice and to to share her songs with her family members and. Oh my goodness. Just when I think about her, I think about like, this is what music therapy is. You know, it's, it's seeing a person grow and make progress in all of these areas and for music to really be the thing that, that is so motivating to her and it, and it kind of sets her free.
0: Wow. That, <laughs> that's really cool. <laughs> I love that. I have
1: a lot of those stories, honestly. <laughs> that's just the first one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, if there's another one that comes to mind, I'd, I'd love to hear another example.
1: Yeah. So on, on the other side um, of of like the functioning level, I have a client who um, he's very, very bright, but he's nonverbal. So a lot of people would assume, oh, he's nonverbal. So he doesn't understand. And it is just such a disservice to him whenever people make that assumption. Um, he communicates through a Dynavox, which is kind of like an iPad. They, they have a lot of different kinds of devices that function as, um, communication devices that are strictly for him to use to communicate through so um, he has a folder on his dynabox that's a music therapy folder that we've programmed in and put in all of the instruments um and one of his goals you know because we are working on non-musical goals is for him to make choices about what we're going to do in the session and even though he doesn't verbalize a ton. And when he does, he, his diagnosis is autism. So he's very echolalic, which means that he repeats a lot. Um, he just loves music so much that he's really quick to, to be like, I want the kabasa And then he'll say, I want the kabasa." And then he'll grab the kabasa. So it's, it's just, it's really wonderful to see that, you know, he may not be as motivated to say, Um, you know, I want a book or I want whatever else, you know, some broccoli, but music is so intrinsically motivating that we can do a whole session, you know, 50 minutes of music nonstop, and he's just making choices back to back. And after he pushes the buttons and the device speaks for him, he then verbalizes it. So it's really um, promoting speech as well as giving him a voice if he doesn't want to speak that day. And it's, it's just so neat. I love, I love my job. If you can't tell. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's so great. I think it's, it's so important. I mean, you really can almost immediately see the difference when somebody has a job that's just to get by and when they're really passionate about what they do. And, and I'm, I'm always, it just makes me happy when I see people doing what they feel like they're, they're supposed to do. So that's, that's really great. Um, and then I wanted to, to ask you what is, let's pretend there's not a worldwide pandemic happening. What, (laughs) what has been your vision for your company moving forward at this point? Ah,
1: well, we go out and and serve home, home home-based clients and facilities, communities. Um, so we are not employed like, at a hospital only or at a school district, like a lot of other music therapists. So I would like for us to continue offering services to people in their homes and facilities throughout DFW. Um, I've, I've been approached over the last couple of years since we really like moved to employees about why don't we expand to other parts of the state. And I, I like my team being close by. So I don't want anybody to be so far away that I couldn't drive over there. If they had something going on or for me to pop into a session, you know Um, I have personal relationships with a lot of our clients too. Um, You know, whether it's just me meeting them at the initial consult or me working with them and then needing to transition them off of my caseload, for instance, like when I've had my children. Um, So there's something really neat about having it just in DFW. So I would like for us to to continue to do the work that we're doing here, and um, you know we have nine therapists now. I think that for me to still be able to practice music therapy, we can't get too much bigger because um, then the admin work would be too much. But maybe maybe a team of of fifteen or twenty at the most. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of what it, I want us to to be a small team, but to do excellent work in DFW.
0: I I think that's awesome. So so really it sounds like what you're saying is your your goal is really to just continue what you've already been doing and maybe just yeah. add a few more therapists. I think Absolutely. that's awesome because you know when I when I read like business books and things about it's always about growth 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 bigger 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 and I got I got just a little disillusioned with that and I started thinking well, maybe it's not better to just always try to grow. Maybe it's yeah. to just find your groove and then just be as the best you can in that. And there, there was one book that, um, what I, I don't even remember the name of it, but it was something like, like bigger isn't always better. And it was basically an argument for why it's good to just keep your business small. <laughs> awesome. So yeah, yeah, that's, I feel choice. that. That's re. That's reassuring to hear. Sometimes I'll like get in these like entrepreneur groups and stuff, and those people are a little. I I love them, but sometimes they're crazy. <laughs> they're just, it's they just too ambitious take, for me. Yeah, they want to conquer the world. You know. You know what I mean? Um,
1: yes, I don't want to take over the music therapy world. I don't want to have a no- monopoly of music therapists, uh, and I want to be able to still be a
0: mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Maintain some, some sanity. Okay. So now let's, uh, lastly, let's, let's talk about the, um, the, the pandemic, which has affected everybody on Mm -hmm. some level, either whether that's, uh, having gotten sick or knowing someone who's gotten sick or being affected financially or with your business or your work. So how has this affected your business?
1: Oh, man. It has directly affected our ability to go into client homes, obviously. Um, we decided a little bit ahead of, um, you know, whenever the, the governor and, and our Fort Worth mayor um, issued the the stay home y'all order, which was real cute. Um, when the schools shut down, that's when I personally made the call for our practice to not go into people's homes because we work a lot a lot of times with um, our clients that have intellectual and developmental disabilities, they also have medical fragility. You know, some of them are already on respirators um, or ventilators. Um, These are a people lot of who them already
0: have, have breathing issues.
1: A, a lot, uh, several of them. Yeah. Um, And sometimes people who have disabilities are more likely to uh, also have dual diagnoses, you know, other types of um, like autoimmune disorders. And I just felt ethically like we couldn't risk it, especially so early on when we didn't know if we could be carrying it asymptomatically. You know, we have nine therapists seeing 150, 200 clients in their homes and facilities every week. Plus all of those clients have their own, Therapists and schools and activities that they do, and I just didn't feel comfortable. So we stopped seeing clients on, I think, March 14th was our last day. Um, and after that, we we uh, encouraged our private pay clients to try teletherapy. Um, the issue is that most of our clients are through these Medicaid waivers and the Medicaid waivers were specifically not covering teletherapy. And so we, we weren't going to get paid for those visits. So we had three or four weeks where we saw, I mean, we had, I did the math and we had like a 98% uh, reduction in our revenue for that oh my month. Goodness. Yeah, it was the pit. Um, my therapists were feeling real worried. I was super worried. Um, but we we just couldn't go into people's homes, you know? Um, there was a lot of advocacy that was happening, though. So we were advocating, contacting Texas Health and Human Services. A lot of our clients were. We have some great music therapists who are part of the Texas State Task Force. Um, and they specifically advocate for um, legislative issues and also for um, whenever, whenever it comes around, they uh, try to, what am I trying to say? They um, are trying to get licensure recognition in the state of Texas. So we already have a very active task force. Um, and so they were on it and health and human services finally came around a couple of weeks ago and they said, yes, we will cover teletherapy for these, you know, couple of therapies and music therapy was one of them. Um, which was really shocking because so often music therapy is something that we really have to advocate for and explain over and over and over again. I think honestly, they might've just been tired of hearing from us, but, uh, we did get coverage through, um, they said they would cover it. I think it started on April 15th through April 30th. So not for very long, the, the, the approval will expire on April 30th, but we're obviously hoping that they extend that. Right so, right. so we had about a month of, of hardly any services and now we've kicked it big into teletherapy, which is not preferred for most of our clients, but it's better than nothing. And it has been really rewarding to see them, you know, through Zoom and through Doxy is one that we're using that's HIPAA compliant. Um and seeing them. I was gonna say
0: up. Zoom Zoom's HIPAA compliant version of the program is uh That's
1: that's a lot. Yeah. Um, so, so doxy.me, have you heard of that one? I have not. It just opens in a browser. So people don't even need to sign up. It's amazing. And they have like a virtual waiting room. So you can kind of like zoom, you can like click to let people in. Um, and I have upgraded to the, the, what is it? The doxy pro version, I think, or the doxy, not the practice version, whatever the next one is. Um, so that I can have three people on at a time because we have an internship program and our interns have been with us since January. And when this hit, you know, halfway through their internships, they started losing hours.
0: Right. Um,
1: and they have that 1200 hour internship to do. So it's been really great. The services, hours. It's six months full time. It's, it's a lot.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Wow. So, so yeah, our two interns, uh, they're both from Texas Women's University this semester, Taylor and Allie, and they're wonderful. <laughs> and just last week, they got to start joining us for teletherapy sessions.
0: Cool, cool. Yeah. Well, that's really so, great.
1: So, yeah, all of that to say, it has affected us majorly.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you think, because um, it, it looks like some restrictions are going to start lifting here in Texas pretty soon what, cause I, I know for me and I think for a lot of business owners, we're all kind of thinking, mm-hmm. well, even when they do lift the restrictions, should we open our doors again? What, what are your, do you have any thoughts on that yet?
1: I do. I have so many thoughts. Um, <laughs> we will not be going back into client homes at least through the end of May. That's kind of what I, my gut is telling me as a, and as a, Mom, and as somebody who's known a lot of these clients for so long, I just feel like it would be irresponsible to to go out there too soon. so I kind of want to wait and see what happens with this reopening um, and hopefully we can see them you know maybe on a case by case basis later in the summer or into the fall, but I just, I need more time to, to feel confident, to allow my therapist to go back out. I mean, not only for liability issues, but for everyone's safety. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, and I think I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that is, is like, even if they lifted everything tomorrow, I I think I would need to see, you know, three or four weeks of everybody else kind of returning to normalcy first and make sure that it's kind of, kind of okay. Yep. Yeah. So, well, cool. Well, Nikki, well, this has been really great. I have, uh, hopefully this was, was good for you. And um, I I've, I've really appreciate having you on today.
1: Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me.
0: And uh, for our listeners and viewers, where mm-hmm. can people find you?
1: Uh, we are at Heart and Harmony, written out. So H-E-A-R-T-A-N-D, Harmony, dot com.
0: All right, perfect. Very good. Okay, you guys, Nikki Belshi of Heart and Harmony Music Therapy. Thanks again, Nikki.
1: Thank you.